0: Welcome to the bullpen. Yep, in the bullpen today, we have Mr. David McGarry, commentator Young Voices. Uh, David is a consumer choice fellow with Young Voices and his work has appeared in the American Spectator. Real clear policy and the American conservative. I actually read some of his work. I um, agree with more than I thought I would, to be honest. Mr McGarry, welcome to Indisputable, how are you?
1: I'm doing well, thank you, thank you for having me on.
0: Absolutely, all right, um, so we're gonna chop it up about mass shootings in America and the government's response to it. I don't want to presume what you know, or believe about that topic. So if you would give us your sentiment and I will then opine.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. So. As, uh, as you said, I don't expect that we're going to agree on everything today, but I hope that we can find some places of agreement and that in the places we disagree, your audience can find some clarity on these really important issues. So my uh, primary argument about America's mass shooting problem is that we need to spend a little bit more time thinking about it with more consideration and um, less emotion than we typically do in our nation's national discourse. So first of all, I'd like to point out that mass shootings in this country are just one of three distinct crises of gun violence that we have. According to Pew Research, in the year or from the year of 2020, 54% of all gun deaths were from suicide, and uh, 43% were from murder. And mass shootings made up only 0.2% of gun deaths or I should say what the FBI terms uh, active shooter incidents were responsible for 0.2% of all of those murders. Now, that is in no way to downplay the significance or the horror of incidents um, such as occurred in Uvalde or in Highland Park or in Buffalo. um, Those three most recently, but it's rather to put it in in a larger context. And since everyone wants to save lives, everyone wants to make sure that American citizens and American children and and um, the American people in general can can live safe, happy, and secure lives. Um, we should put it. We should put the mass shootings in the larger context that they deserve, so that we can actually find some pro, uh, or I should say find some solutions. Now, those solutions to these problems. Um, also, I think we have a, a national a national um, confusion regarding what um, how how to, how to find these solutions. Um, first off, we don't. Focus enough on the fact that our nation doesn't enforce the gun laws that we already have. And it's a cliche to say at this point, but it's it's true. Um, And simply going straight to Congress, as many people who have microphones or Twitter accounts tend to do. um, We should look at the law enforcement agency's response uh, to gun crimes. I mean, just take the police response in Uvalde as the prime example and the latest example of total failure. And we should also look to institutions of civil society as well to create a to create an environment in which we can live safe, happy lives while still respecting constitutional rights.
0: Okay. All right. So let me go down the number narrative because you presented that first. Uh, do you know how many mass shootings have happened in America this year thus far?
1: Well, I I, I can't answer that question because what a mass shooting is entirely depends on. Your definition of that. So let me ask the, you,
0: sir, how, the are, defi- how
1: are you defining how are you I'm defining mass shootings? Because different um, different research outlets will put different numbers on that.
0: Yeah, the majority of research institutions and the FBI, as well as the Gun Archive, they define a mass shooting as when uh, four or more people are actually shot, um, injured during during a shooting. That's what they right, classify. And, and,
1: and, to, and, just, and just to be uh, just to be clear, that's shot. Meaning, as you said, injured, not necessarily killed.
0: That's correct. That is the definition of a mass shooting, uh, that people are shot in mass mass shooting. So that's the definition, 350 individuals so far uh, in the United States of America. Far at paces any other country, even when you adjust for population density and countries that have a massive population. Now, that's problematic in America. So your 0.2% number is right most years, by the way, that's an aggregate count. It does fluctuate. But let's talk about the reason why policy is important and why there should be an appropriate government response. We typically weigh these things based on the impact to society. We understand that if a person is, let's say hit physically, right? That has a different impact on society, a different impact on the individual. There's a criminal penalty for that, there's a punishment for that. But it's not the same punishment as if you killed somebody or attempted to kill somebody, why? Because when you kill someone, The impact to society is great, even if it is a smaller percentage based on the comparative data of other gun crimes. Let's go to Texas for example, specific issue in Texas, we're talking policy. In Texas, the mass shooter was able to get a weapon that could commit great carnage at a very young age. How was he able to get this weapon when it's actually prohibited by Texas law? He was able because there was a loophole in the policy. If your parent vouched for you, if a parent or guardian vouched for you, you were then able to obtain this kind of weaponry. Texas already said in the legislature 18 year olds don't need this kind of gun. But then in order to appease the gun lobby, in order to appease the red meat republicans, they decided to create a loophole in that law. Where if a parent said yes, you can still get it. Now remember, the parent that signed off on this was aware that his son had an issue with violence. He was involved, uh, or, or was aware of a police encounter uh, where there was allegedly violence in the home, but he still signed off on it. And when he was questioned about it, he said, "Ah, you know, they told me to sign it. They did a background check, and he got approved. Not my fault. All right." The point I'm making to you is. That one change in the legislative dynamic for Texas, with all things even dear brother, would have stopped that 18 year old from obtaining that weapon. Am I right or wrong on that?
1: Um, I, I I think you in theory are right. But as I said, I think that we have a problem with the enforcement of gun laws. So even when they're in place, they are not always um, people slip through the cracks, I should
0: say. Now, one thing I will say, I want hold on, on, wait a I wanna, minute, wait a I minute. I want to
1: compliment you for a second.
0: Okay, I want, I want go to, ahead. Yeah, you you can you. do that all day, brother. Go <laughs> ahead.
1: <laughs> I want to I want to agree with you because <laughs> if you also look at the Highland Park shooter, um, he actually had police call to his house and they confiscated um, uh, knives and swords from him because he had made threats towards his parents. His parents then uh, refused to sign statements that would have uh, that would have prompted further legal action, and then his father signed off on a necessary form. For him to get a uh, permit to to buy a gun, so I actually entirely agree with you that the the family response to this is really really important, and this is this is something that I'm I've been banging my spoon on my high chair, if you will, yeah. about um, because I think that that families and uh, communities need to really spend the time with their alienated youth, and they need to they need to be in touch with them. And it's not even just about preventing a mass shooting, though I do yeah. think that though I do think it would do that. Um, but just for the sake of for the sake of these these lost uh, these lost teenagers who are in so much pain, um, families like I said, families and um, and churches and synagogues and mosques and and um, uh, and schools need to be more in touch with with their kids who seem to be at risk for this sort of behavior. All right. So I could not agree with you more there.
0: So let me say that, let me respond to the dynamic you mentioned about. Um, The enforcement element, people are still going to fall through the cracks as far as enforcement, if enforcement is not there. Uh, Here's the thing, there are some murderers, dear brother, who are going to fall through the cracks this year. They're gonna kill people, they're gonna get away with it this year, all right? They may get caught later. That's no reason to say we cannot enact policy or law against killers and make sure that we hold them accountable when we catch them, even if they uh, fall through the cracks sometimes. Another thing, I understand your aspirational point of view as it relates to parenting, but I don't pay those parents. The citizens of this nation pay taxes, they pay taxes and much of that tax money goes to support a governmental infrastructure that's inclusive of policymakers we call elected officials. Those are the people that are accountable to me because I pay them. Now, I get your point. That point is separate from a policy dynamic because I would like my money that I work for, and they take it out of my paycheck, so that they can pay their salaries. I need them to be accountable to creating good policy that makes sense to communities that I love.
1: I entirely, I mean, I entirely agree with you in principle. Um, what I will say, however, is that you can enact any any gun legislation, no matter no matter how comprehensive or how well crafted. Um, it will do no good if
0: it's not enforced. Um, and then well, that goes for own. any legislation, dear brother. Of course it does. Any well, legislation, not just that's guns.
1: Point, but but I think I think we're I think we're violently agreeing again. Okay. Um, because because for any legislation, if anything is is criminalized, just look at um, just look at the uh, federal legisl- the, or the federal regulations around around marijuana. The the large to a large extent, the reason why why states are able to legalize pot the way that they are is because the feds have a policy of benign neglect. Um, and you can also read my uh, you can read my writing for why the the some the, why federal marijuana laws are just completely ridiculous and uh, and crazy and unconstitutional in a lot of cases, um, but I entirely agree with you. I I think that we need to we need to for any law new old proposed or what have you we need to enforce it. And and I think that we clearly have a problem where where um, laws aren't being enforced, and therefore it seems to me that. Either in tandem or before, um, in tandem with or before putting new laws in place, we have to start enforcing what we have. So, for example, one one mind-boggling statistic is that out of um, 112,000 prohibited persons, um, I believe this was in 2017, um, out of 120 uh, uh, out of 112,000 prohibited persons who tried to pass a federal background check illegally, um, the number of prosecutions was 12. That is insane. That is absolutely insane. And and with that with that kind of enforcement, if you have a one out of ten thousand chance of, of getting of getting punished for that kind of behavior, of course people are going to engage in it. Okay.
0: All right. Let me ask you this question. We only have a few minutes left before the next show. In one of your writings, you highlighted the phraseology that was shared by Justice Clarence Thomas in the guns decision. Okay. And you said, "Listen, this is about self-defense." Do you still stand by that—that that the decision that took away New York's ability to restrict um, guns in a particular area was about self-defense, and that this self-defense is in fact constitutional?
1: Well, I want to be—I want to be very clear okay. um, and and sort of be very precise in my answer to that question. So, um, what 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 Bruin's decision um, stated was not that. Um, guns could not be regulated, but simply that if you check the boxes, at the end of the road, um, the state shall issue you a permit. Now, going back to going back to your question about self-defense, I understand. Um, I understand that the word self-defense do not appear in the in the Second Amendment. That is true. I will give you that. I will concede that. However, with that said, um, self-defense. If you go back to the debates of the time, if you go back to even before. Uh, even before the founding of America, if you go back to the common law tradition from which we got so many of our principles and our ideas of what our rights, if you go back to the writings of William Blackstone, um, I, uh, I, I think you will, you will find that self-defense is actually an integral part of um, Of of our rights. And even though that that wasn't it was not the primary concern when the Second Amendment was being drafted, um, of the concern of of James Madison when he wrote the Second Amendment amendment, of course, was to establish the militia as a bulwark against government. Um, even the militia was understood as being the outgrowth of an individual right to 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 keep and bear arms. And this was evidenced by the fact, by the way. That during the time of the ratification of the Constitution, there were conversations that were had by federalists and anti-federalists speaking about the fact that the primary way in which a oppressive government would would, uh, end would would uh, uh, disarm a militia would be to to disarm the private citizens and then let the institution falter, as it were.
0: All right, let me give you a, a correction to James Madison. James Madison did not. Um, have the same sentiment as the Virginia version of the adopted wording. Uh, He wanted to stop a national army, that was kind of a general sentiment. This was literally about having a well armed militia for James Madison. So there was a split in that. Um, I understand your contextualization of um, of the standards in New York. The reality is, New York should have the authority to regulate these uh, to regulate gun rules or regulate gun laws. and the, and the court kind of agreed. It just said their um their standard was not objective enough for them. All right. Thank you, brother. It's a good debate. I appreciate you being. Thank on the you show.
1: so much. I appreciate you having me on and hear me
0: out. Uh, absolutely, man. Anytime.